The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome to a very exciting and special episode of I Love Wellness. We have my friend and astrologer, Jessica Lagnato on the show. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. How are you? I'm doing pretty good this morning. You know, it's it's rainy day in Oakland, California, but I'm into it. I love you, Jessica. We did such a fun Instagram live a few weeks ago. You also have your own amazing podcast that I have been listening to. It's called Ghost of a Podcast. And you are an astrologer with over 20 years of consulting experience, which is really cool. And you have a couple books also, right? 1.5. I have like a- uh, (laughs) 1.5. I don't really count the first book uh, because I self-published a book and I basically took a lecture that I had done a bunch. I'd like created a workshop and I tried to convert it into a book and I'm not super pleased with how it is. So I pulled mm. that one. Mm. Um, so it, it exists out there. Some people have it, but it's impossible to get. Um, and maybe one day I'll rewrite it into something really good. But I do have my, what I consider my debut book uh, published by Tensby Press and Penguin Random House, um, Astrology for Real Relationships. I and that's, love, that's just I what love came out that. on New Year's Eve. Thank you. Hey, I love is- it too. That is so exciting. I want to get my hands on a copy of that. And then, I'm going to make sure you get it. Fabulous. And yeah. then I also know that you're a psychic medium. Can you, yes. first, I want to talk to you about this. What does that mean? And how did you get to be a psychic medium? Is this something you just like have the energy? You were born this way. You have the gift. Tell me. Okay. I'm going to tell you. And I'm glad that you asked because people make a lot of assumptions and I do blame movies and such for that. But uh, okay, so I came to the work of being an astrologer very young, which is a separate conversation. Mm. But because of that, I started and the reason why I have actually like 25 years of consulting experience is because um, I started practicing as an astrologer when I was real young. And so by the time I had been working, consulting with clients for about a decade, maybe a little bit more than that, Um, I started having these experiences and I mean, I should say I had like weird experiences my whole life, but you know, as a teenager, I smoked too much weed. So I was like, oh, it's the weed. Um, or, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I mean, I was just like, I don't know if I really, I didn't believe in anything. I'm from Montreal. Um, and it's kind of like in the U S being from New York, it's just like, I was very critical of things. I was just like, I didn't believe in shit. And so I didn't, I didn't think much of it. And then clients started coming to me and being like, can you talk to my dead mother? Or can you talk to my Mm. dead friend? And I'd be like, no, of course I can't. That's not possible. Um, And they'd be like, I believe in you. Will you please, will you try? And Mm. I would be like, well, it's your dollar. If you want me to try, I can, but I can tell you that I don't think I can. I had worse boundaries. At this stage, I wouldn't do that. But in my earlier years, (laughs) I I did stuff like that. And then I was right. Um, And I thought, well, sometimes the butter melts before the toast is warm. You know, that expression. It's just like people want to believe, so they believe, or it's a coincidence or whatever. And after a couple of years of that, I was like, well, I can't really explain this away. And I started understanding that it was happening and that I had to make decisions around whether or not I wanted to really invite it into my life or not. Hmm. And so 
I decided to invite it into my life and I had to change my life as a response to that. And uh, so it really, for me, was a very organic extension of already doing woo-woo consulting, right? I was already consulting clients as an astrologer. Right. So it didn't need to come into my life in, in my personal life, although it did, um, but I was able to ignore it in my personal life. Whereas in my professional life, it was like, I guess, more demanding of me, if that makes sense. Sure. So at what point did you personally have the recognition that you had some kind of extra gift and that it wasn't just you smoking a doobie kind of a thing? <laughs> like, when did you- I really appreciate that well, breakdown. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, like, when yeah. did, because especially when you are a teenager, I think back to when you're a teenager and you're growing and your body's changing and you're figuring yourself out, you don't know what is- uh, normal or potentially outside of what we would consider to be normal. Yeah. So you have no reference point. So I'm just curious for you when you kind of realized like, yeah. oh, this is something is happening to me that is different than other people. I would say, I, okay, there's like two layers of the question. One is I remember being Oh gosh, I must've been 18 and I was stoned and I was on my bed with a friend of mine and she had migraines. She had persistent migraines and she was like, Oh no, you know, I have this migraine starting. And I just looked at her and I didn't even think I just put my hand really slowly towards her head. And then when my hands connected gently with her forehead, it was like, we both felt a pop <laughs> and she looked terrified and her migraine was gone. And I was just like, I just, again, didn't think twice about it. I did not think twice about it. I was just like, we're stoned. Shit happens. You can't explain everything in the world. And I moved along. And then it was a decade later. Honestly, it was maybe 13 years later uh, that I started. And at that point, I was only smoking very little amount of, I, I was smoking such a small amount of weed, like a social amount of weed that I couldn't mm -hmm. have blamed anything on it. Um, and so I think it was probably I was around like 30, somewhere between 31 and 33 when I started to truly accept. Um, and I'm 45 years old now. And I like to be very out about my age. Um, and uh, yeah, it was around 31, 33, somewhere in there that I started to really realize like this, I, it's not just that I'm a good astrologer. It's that I'm having psychic perceptions and it's that I'm able to communicate with dead people. And um, it was for me, because I had evidential experiences, like there was just proof and proof and proof and proof. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't matter what I wanted to believe. I was just like, there was no way that I could know the things I was knowing. And, and through that experience, it was like, I was slowly converted. Uh, mm -hmm. It wasn't something that I wanted. It wasn't something that I worked to cultivate. Uh, it just organically happened through my client work. And I, I do think it was there the whole time. I do think yeah. it was there the whole time. I just didn't know. And I didn't mm -hmm. want to know, honestly. So it, I think what would be helpful for me and probably the listeners is if you can go into the definition of a psychic medium a little bit further. And like when you're having this experience or, you know, talking to the dead, as you say, or, you know, you have some kind of understanding of something that's happening with somebody, is it just that like the idea, like the thought pops into your head and you just know, like, what is the actual experience of having that kind of ability like? Because I'm very curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a really good question. And I'll say part of why it's such a good question is because it's not the same for all people. There's different mm -hmm. ways of experiencing psychic perception and mediumship. I will also say some mediums are not psychic. Mm -hmm. uh, so many psychics are not mediums. 
I'm also an animal communicator and a lot of, I know, I know it's very, uh, it's, it's very cute and I love it. Um, but mediums are not necessarily animal communicators. So, um, you so know, there's a spectrum is what you're spectrum. saying. Yeah. People have this assumption that it's like all things woo are just woo and they're all kind of equal woo. It's not the case. So for me, I will, I will only speak for myself. Psychic information, I get it in a couple of ways. A big way that I get it is like you said, it's kind of just, I know things. I just have mm-hmm. the sense of knowing. And the idea that people have about psychic is that it's like the voice of Morgan Freeman in your mind. And it right. says, turn to the left. There's a man with a red hat, you know, speak to that man. Uh, and that's not how it works. It's your own. It's for, for me, it's just my thoughts. It's mm-hmm. just my thoughts. And they're more subtle and they're less emotional. So the thing about psychic perception is it's not scary. And when Mm. we are frightened, that's because either A, it's our anxiety and not our psychic perception, or B, we had a psychic perception and then we got scared of it. But psychic information is not emotional. It's neutral. So it's Uh, not a yay and it's not a nay. Yes. Mm. And it's something that it took me years to figure out how to verbally confirm uh, relate that to people because mm-hmm. people are all often like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I, again, I had a unique experience of being able to um, develop the skill through client work because I was already doing astrology work and people don't know the difference between astrology and psychic. So they just expected me to do all of it. So that's for me, one way I get the information. Another way I get the information both psychically and as a medium is through my body. Now this is not a healthy way. It's not a good way. Um, it, it, it's something I've, I've been working for several years to try to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but what will often happen before a client arrives in my studio, I will have anxiety in my body. I will have oh. like a stomach ache or like a, a sense of like nervous distraction. And then the client will arrive and I'll be like, oh, that's how they experience anxiety. They experience it in their stomach and they have nervous distraction. And so I will be able to, um, in the course of a consultation, as we're talking, key into when they're shutting down, even if they're smiling in my face, because I work with a lot of women and women are trained to be nice. And so if somebody's saying something, you're like, I don't know if that's true. What are you going to do? You're going to sit there and you're going to smile and be like, yeah, that, uh uh-huh. Yes. Yes. But if I can start to tap into they're shutting down or they're frustrated, I can pause and be like, Hey, what's coming up for you right now? And then it allows the kind of, uh, consultation to go a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. But the downside is me experiencing other people's emotions or physical pain in my body uh, is a great way to have a really unhealthy body. Not I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine yeah. that that's very uncomfortable for you yeah. just, you know, on your own, in your own day-to-day life. It's awful, honestly. And I, for the first decade before I realized I had um, psychic ability and I'll get to the mediumship in a moment, but before I realized I had psychic ability, I was just physically sick during my consultations all the time. And wow, I was like, so interesting. Yeah. It was awful. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I mean, mean, I love the work, but it was really hard. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, just when you say that, I think I have a greater understanding of what you're trying to communicate to us. Yes. It's like you are physically manifesting, you know, what the shit that people are dealing with yeah. is. I'm, I'm is feeling it with you. Saying? Yeah. yeah. I'm feeling yeah. it with you. So, so if we're having a conversation and, you know, like, let's say you and I met, met up for coffee and we're like, Hey girl, what's up? Blah, 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 blah. But really you just had a fight with your mom 
and she broke your favorite Vitamix or whatever it is. And then you're like very upset and you're distracted. Even if you're being totally like chill and nice with me, mm-hmm. I'm going to be, when, when I didn't realize what was happening to me, I would be like, oh my God, you're mad at me. Why are mm. you upset with me? And I would feel anxious the way you were feeling anxious. And I would think it was my anxiety. That's so fascinating. Wow. Yeah. I think a lot of people experience this um, more than we realize is that we mm-hmm. are keying into other people's feelings. And because we don't believe it and we don't have boundaries around it, we personalize it. Yeah. And then we react to it. And then we create the very drama <laughs> that we are scared is happening, which actually wasn't happening. Um, so it's a real problem that humans experience. Yeah, and I'm sure with just your line of work, um, you have just innate, innately, you are particularly observational. And so your subconscious probably grasps on to observations that like you don't even realize are happening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All absolutely. the time. Yeah, and it's, it's part of why I really like doing uh, phone sessions with people because in a phone session, it kind of takes away the whole question for the client, are you just picking up on my body language? The downside is I have countless times had people be like, are you Googling me? No, (laughs) why would I Google you? Like I should just get a new job if I have to Google you to know shit. But um, all to say, so the mediumship is different. Um, Mediumship can function in a lot of different ways and medium. So psychic is the ability to have access to information. Let me just like give you my definition. It's the ability to just know things. And it, again, it functions differently for different people. But the way, the most common misunderstanding about what psychic means is that it, people think it means you know everything about everything all at once. You can read thoughts. That's not what it means. Of course, that's not what it means. Life is not a movie. Mm-hmm. So right. I, I could watch the same movie as you and walk away with completely different perceptions because I was focused on the costume design and you were focused on the acting and someone else was focused on the story, right? So in other words, we, as a, as a person with psychic perception, I cannot see all the websites on the internet and consume all the data all at once. I can only consume what I'm looking at, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what people misunderstand about psychic. They think you just know everything. Um, and that's just not possible. It's not realistic. That said, uh, if I key into things, I have the capacity, which doesn't mean I'm always able to, and it's always perfect, and that I always understand it properly, but I have the capacity to um, know things that haven't been told to me, and that there's like, quote, no way that I could know them. Now, mediumship is very different. Mediumship is the ability to speak to people, or in my case, animals, because I am also an animal communicator, uh, that are in spirit, that have passed away. Mm. And that skill is a uniquely different one than psychic, right? And uniquely different than being an astrologer. So we're, we oh, have yeah. astrologer, we have psychic, and then we have medium into three yes. distinct categories. Yes, 100%. Okay. Yes. And I should just briefly say astrology is unrelated to psychic completely, 150%. It's okay. simply this, it's very mathematical and it's the study of a bunch of stuff, which we can talk about separate. But um, the mediumship is it's being able to connect with dead people. And it is, uh, it is something that is not frightening, but it is. Are you sure it's not frightening? Because I'm frightened. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, People, this is why I lead with it. That's why I said it first and foremost, because it does scare people, but it's not like in the movies where you see zombies talking to you. Right. I, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's okay. a problem again, it's moving. Okay. That's yeah. good to know. <laughs> yeah. It's not how it works. I mean, I have physically seen dead people like ghosty things and I don't quite enjoy it because I do find ah! it frightening. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel about it. So for me, luckily it's not primarily visual. Um, primarily how I feel dead people is either I hear them and they, okay. So this is how I, this is how I, this is oh how I God, describe Jessica, it. Jessica, I'm afraid. No, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Let me, let me explain it to you. Let me explain it to you. You're going to get it. Okay. You're going to be like, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought. Okay. You're like, so they're you, talking to me. They're whispering in my ear. They, they do. They do. But think of it this way. Sometimes dead people will have me smell something or, and I can physically smell it, or <laughs> I will physically feel how they died. That's my least fun part of it. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, so my, my chest will seize up and I'm like, oh, it was a heart attack or I'll just feel destroyed. And I'm like, it was a car accident or, you know, oh. gunshot wounds are not my favorite, but um, it is sometimes very important for the dead to lead with how they died. Um, because a big part of the bereaved coming in for consultations is that they are not at peace with how their loved one passed. Right. And so some of it is about the person who's passed away, um, kind of giving me data that is, you know, validating like for the mm -hmm. living. And a lot of it is actually just about them acknowledging like, yeah, I had cancer and I was in pain for years and I'm not in pain. Mm. And, um, you know, a lot of times people explain to me what it was like to be in their coma um, or not in a non-responsive state. And that can be incredibly helpful for people, um, for the living, I mean. And sure. the the thing that I'm, I'm working hard to change is how much in my body that information lodges because it's really channeling a dead person in a living body means taking dead energy into your body. So it's really actually very physically unhealthy thing to do. It's a very demanding thing to do. Um, I tend to get really cold because uh, there's a dead person in there, you know, stuff like that. But um, when I get the information, it's a little bit slower than having a person just jump in my, in my body because then I know how they feel. Mm. But um, I, and I really like working fast, as you can tell, I like to talk fast. So, you know, I, I like moving fast. So, so there's lots of ways that this kind of information can come in. And then there are risks to doing mediumship work. It's not something I encourage people to get into because they like shopping at Hot Topic or because they think it's like cool. I think it's really important to recognize there are, there are risks um, and it's important to have boundaries. And, you know, if I'm out in the world, there's dead people everywhere. And I don't talk to strangers and I don't talk to dead people just willy nilly, you know? Uh, okay. Yeah. I get yeah. it. <laughs> you know? But dead people are just people who happen to be dead. That, yeah. Thank you for that perspective. That is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a few questions. Yes. Sir. Um, when you get information, do you feel obligated to share the information completely or do you ever make a judgment on what you share and what you do not share? That's a really good question. Um, and you're talking specifically about mediumship, eh? I, I suppose, or yeah. anything. You could probably think of many examples. You well, know, it is really different that. across different, in different ways. Um, yeah. in, the, in regards to mediumship, I never edit because I've learned that it's just hubris on my end to think that I know better than what a dead person is telling me for to a stranger uh -huh. that I'm consulting with. But what I will sometimes say is, you know, your father thinks you shouldn't date this guy, but you didn't listen. But then, you know, and I'll say like, you know, that's what your father says, but you never listened to your father when he was alive about dating advice. You still shouldn't. So I will <laughs> sometimes like contextualize the information I'm getting. Mm -hmm. um, or I'll say, I disagree with what they're saying, but I want to share with you what they're saying. 
Mm. Or, you know, they're still fucked up in this way. And so they're saying this fucked up thing, but I'm going to share it with you. So that's how I'm, I handle that is I share my opinion. And, mm -hmm. you know, if, if a client is consulting with me, then I think it's valuable for them to hear the difference between my opinion as a professional, my opinion as a person, because sometimes it's just my opinion as a person. Mm -hmm. um, and then also what I'm hearing from the dead. Now, in terms of psychic information, my, and, and also astrological information, the only way in which I edit what I'm perceiving or seeing mm -hmm. in efforts to make it constructive, because mm -hmm. Being right is not always helpful. That um, makes sense. Yeah. And I think that people have this idea of like, I just want to know everything. People always say that to me. I just want to know everything. Tell me everything. And it's like, well, why would you want to know everything? That's, that's, it's a misunderstanding of strength, you know? And I can say that as a person who is an astrologer and a psychic, I don't want to know everything about myself. That's terrible. Like about what's coming next. What you want to know is information that you can use, you mm -hmm. know? And yeah, so that's part of my job is to, determine what is user-friendly and what is just data that's going to make your head spin. Mm -hmm. Because when we come back to your question about like, how does psychic work? I could have explained it in 50 different ways, but I tried to explain it in a way that you could actually make use of. Right. And I think that this is where um, it's important to work with. If you, if you know, if any of your listeners are consulting with astrologers or psychics or mediums or astrologer, psychic mediums, uh, you know, make sure you have somebody who, who has ex consulting experience because there's, you know, all the magical part of the woo. And then there's the really material part of what kind of discretion does this practitioner have? What mm -hmm. kind of counseling skills does this person have? What kind of integrity does this person have? And I think, you know, what really surprised me years and years ago is I realized that some people associate psychics with being good people like that really surprised me that you know if you have the ability to, to speak with the dead or to know information that means you are in some way touched and it's a positive thing it's a skill like singing or dancing or coding you know it's a skill and it's it requires great responsibility to handle it with integrity and i think that's a really important point yeah so if you are a non-magical woo person how as a woo person would you recommend that somebody go about finding somebody that is the real deal you know what i mean and yeah, i and I, I you know how how do you know if somebody is telling you the truth or not so is the best way to go on word of mouth and you know only work with somebody that your friends who you trust work with or you know if yeah. like if somebody wanted to, to to speak to an astrologer or a psychic like how would they go about finding somebody and actually vetting them yeah, I think it's really because we don't know the these non magic folks don't know what's real. Of and not real. No, of course, of course, and it's a question that I get asked a lot, and it's a tricky one to answer because I might be the greatest you know consultant for one person and not a great match for someone else. So there's not like a singular answer. Not all things are for all people. Not all matches are good matches, right? Um, I think ideally speaking, word of mouth or customer reviews. Uh -huh. Or second to that, because customer reviews can be, you know, a little bit, uh, you a don't know who's faux. writing them. Sure, exactly, yeah. exactly. Or just like, you know, somebody with completely different values is like, this person sucks or this person's wonderful and doesn't mean anything. So I, word of mouth is the best way to go. Now I'll say, you know, because I've been doing this work for so long, I built the foundations of my career before social media, before I was using the internet at all, mm -hmm. honestly. So um, I exclusively worked off of word of mouth before Yelp existed. Sure. And then when Yelp existed, that helped. 
um, to kind of like expand my client base. But it was really friends of friends and family members of, you know, of those people. And then the, you know, their friends, their family members, and it just ex expanded from there. That's how I built my client base um, over time. And it's a different world now. And so there's more kind of uh, chaff in the wheat, if I may. Like there's, there's, there's just so many people with like huge Instagram followings that maybe are new to it. They're just really good at social media. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I would say is the first two pages of Google are not better results uh, when it comes to woo because good SEO comes from companies. It doesn't uh -huh. come from psychics or astrologers. Right. So if you're really interested in seeking somebody who's like deep woo, go past the third page of a Google results. You Ooh, know, I love that. Yeah. That's SEO, great advice. Yeah. It, it, I, you know, I've SEO is a really complicated thing and I care about memes and, and I care about, you know, trying to learn about this stuff a, a little bit, but I'm in a world um, where I know psychics and mediums and astrologers that are OGs that have lots of experience that are amazing. And you're not going to find them even on the seventh page of a Google result because they don't give a fuck about SEO. They don't know about it. They're older. Mm -hmm. They don't, that's not their primary objective in life. They don't care about having a social media following. They don't know what TikTok is. They don't know what TikTok is. You will never I find just it. learned. I mean, me is. too. I barely know it. I've never used it. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I'm cool enough, but they, they're not on Instagram. You know, if they're yeah. on anything, they're on Facebook. Okay. So, yeah. so tell me what percentage of the human population do you think has the magic, has the woo? Honestly, a hundred. Really? This, yes. But, but, but let me explain. Let me explain. Listen, I also think that anyone could run a marathon. You could not pay me to run a fucking marathon. Okay. You couldn't pay me. <laughs> I could. It is within the capacity of sure. my physical body to run a marathon, but I... I'm not going to choose that because it would take so much effort and so much change that I'm never going to do that. So, so let me kind of like explain what I actually mean, which is we use a tiny portion yes. of our brains, right? Modern science tells us that. So all I'm doing is using a portion of my brain that mm. most people aren't using. That's it. I don't believe that I have like some sort of supernatural, the concept of su supernatural. I don't even know where it comes from. It's low key ridiculous. The reality is we have this, these really big brains. We don't use most of it. I happen to use a part of my brain that other people aren't using. Mm. And what I've done is I've built my capacity like any muscle, yeah, like of course. any skill set. And people have this idea of like, you know, a good psychic is just like this magical thing. But the reality is practice, determination, effort, mm -hmm. um, repetition over the course of time. That's what builds any muscle and any skill set. And so, you know, that's true with psychic shit as well. It just is. That's fascinating. I love that. Yay. Yay. We yeah. all have the magic. You all, we all have the magic. Yeah. And for some of us, it will be harder to use than others, but it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's get a little personal. Do you ever feel personally overwhelmed by like the constant need for advice from others? And I think you've already kind of tapped into it because you physically manifest a lot of what, you know, you do for work. So I'm just kind of curious, how do you personally manage, manage that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I do every day. And I manage it through a combination of trying to have empathy for people who do not understand 
so there's there's this thing and i think this happens with all people who have like kind of kind of social media presence mm-hmm. is if you if someone is a fan of someone else and their work they're like i'm going to ask you questions i'm going to ask yeah. you to work for me i'm sure you get this all the time and they they feel that it is an expression of their adoration and their interest in you but yeah. actually what they're asking you for is free labor yep and what they're doing is they're saying me liking you is somewhat dependent on you giving me something that oh my I God, want. I did that to you. I sent you a screen grab of my birth chart. I was like, Jessica, I'm so no. excited. I sent you no. my birth chart. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. Slash also, you I know have it I, in my paws. I know, I but have, you know, oh, you, yeah. wait, you have it in your what? My, my paw. That's my hand. Oh, in your paw. And it was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I know. Sorry. I call my hands paws. Um, but yeah. Oh my God. That's so interesting because people DM me and ask me shit all the fucking time. Every and day. Like, oh my God. I did just the same thing to you. We all do it. We all do it. And it, we can't help it. And there's nothing wrong with it. So I yeah, have a lot of empathy for it. that, especially if somebody has some specialized skill and anyone that you're a fan of, you yeah. feel has a specialized skill. Me too. The, that specialized skill might be they're so cute. It might be that they're, you know, again, a musician, a healer or whatever, but we, we all do it. So, so I try to have empathy for people do not understand what I do for a living. It mm-hmm. is hard to have access to somebody who is an expert in any of the things I do, let alone all of the things I do. Yeah. And so I try to be really kind and generous with the emotional part of my response, you know? Um, and the other part is I really prioritize and center learning how to say no mm. without it being defensive or an angry thing. Yeah. You know? So it is, that, is that like sort of part of your version of self-care? I'm curious, yes. like what you actually do for yourself. Do you like take a bath every day? Do you meditate? Do you exercise? Do you eat really like, what is your version of self-care and how do you sort of manage everything that you're dealing with? Um, I fail. I just want you to know, I fail at the answer to this question. Um, oh, that's okay. Uh, get ready. <laughs> I work seven days a week. Um, I sleep very poorly. I don't meditate. I'm a terrible exerciser. I don't center self-care. And I'll tell you totally honestly, mm-hmm. I, that wasn't true until 2016, until, until uh, the current political shift occurred. Yeah. And when that occurred, I realized as an astrologer what was coming next. Um, oh. I know. I'm sorry. Even I'm on live, sorry. you were like, yeah, 2020, I knew it was going to suck. And yeah. 2021. Yeah. Yeah. All these memes I'm starting to see come out about like, I can't wait for 2021. I'm like, oh, honey, baby, just be careful what you ask for. That's fine. Let 2020 roll. Like, you know, people did that in 2019. I was like, you fools have no idea what you're saying oh here. My um, God. I know. I'm sorry. So at, in 2016, I made a decision that I was going to prioritize my work in a new way. And Mm -hmm. I, I kind of like had worked so hard to get, you know, develop all these boundaries with my work um, and have a full weekend. And I've completely obliterated all of that because I feel like it's important at this time to do the work that I do because Mm -hmm. I do believe in, you know, kind of like if I had like a thesis to my work, which I don't because I don't write papers, but you know, if I had a thesis to my work, it would be I want to support people in developing emotional intelligence because I really believe that the cultivation of emotional intelligence is the foundation to acting correctly in your personal life, but also in matters of social justice. Mm. And so for me, that is kind of the, the directional point of my work, all of the work. Um, and 
so I just decided to like double down on the work. So in terms of self-care, I'm very lucky that I have a partner that I love who I live mm-hmm. with and I work with, he works with me on my podcast. Um, I have uh, a couple of cats. One of them is honestly like the best person you've ever met. He's so, <laughs> um, he's, I think of him as my momager, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's amazing. He's really cool. Um, he was a feral cat that we saw in our neighborhood for like five years. And then one day he adopted us. It was Whoa. really cute. Yeah. Aww, it was less than two so years cute. ago. Yeah. He's really amazing. Anyways, he's my momager. And then um, I have a garden. So, and I live in California. So I have the, the, the glorious freedom during yeah. shelter in place times where I can garden or just like sit outside for five minutes. But in terms of self-care, do not do as I do when I say I do not center it. Um, I center my work as a form of it, I kind of do consider my work a part of self-care, but it's not a great answer. It's a bad answer. It's not a bad answer. I think, you know, for a lot of people, just um, having a, a, like a very sound, um, like perception on who they are is like very valid. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, and I just think even understanding like where your difficulties lie and like where you're not so blind blind spots are is is also really really helpful you know what I mean and everybody just like you said that there's a spectrum of like oh well I can do this but other people can't do that whatever it's the same when it comes to what personally works for you um from a physiological perspective do you know what I mean like there's there's a spectrum like who I am is different than who you are and um it's just it's a very personal journey um so how are you coping with quarantine it sounds kind of like you're doing okay. Yeah, I mean, you had the advanced knowledge. Yeah, yeah, but maybe you're I, not doing okay. I don't know. I, no, no, I, I actually thought that the, um, the disease was coming at the end of 2020 or the start of 2021. So uh, it took me by surprise that it came as quickly as it did. Mm-hmm. That said, when I saw what was happening in Wuhan, you know, I started kind of collecting supplies and getting ready in February, in early February. Yeah. Um, and we started to do our shelter in place a week before California mandated it. And the Bay Area where I live is the first place in the country to mandate it. My so I've really been too. doing yeah. Okay. Hey, sister. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. So, so I've been really deeply doing this shelter in place and I am lucky in that I have worked for, from home for many years mm-hmm. and I have a little studio in my backyard that allows me to work from home very comfortably. My partner has been working from home for over a year. So that part of our relationship didn't have a massive pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like I said, I work seven days a week. So I don't have that idle time that I think is both can be really helpful to some people, but also can be like, just like an anxiety pit. Yeah, um, sure. You know, some days my answer to your question is, I am not thriving. I am not doing okay. <laughs> this is awful. Um, yeah. I don't know how to sustain it. And then other days I'm so busy that I, I almost don't notice it. But every day I recognize my privilege. I mean, I am incredibly privileged to have, a, you know, health and a home and a partner and to be able to continue to ma- maintain a career. You know, all of these things are just something I'm really, really aware of. And I try to, as much as possible, you know, use my privilege, at, you know, in a way that is constructive to others who maybe don't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, these are some, some really scary times. Um, but overall, I think that this is, you know, the shelter in place stuff is, is going to last a very long time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think COVID is going to last a very long time. And because I feel that way, um, 
and I say this both informed from, you know, the news that I consume and also the astrology that I read, it makes me really center my relationship to shelter in place as um, the beginning of a, of a, I don't know why I'm using this metaphor again, but a, ma- a marathon and not a sprint. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of people I know are thinking of this as a sprint. Like we just got to get through the next few months. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you got to get mm-hmm. through a long ass time and to set yourself up to be able to sustain the effort of shelter in place is really important. And it means something different for different people, but that's, that's how I'm holding it. So I guess, you know, because we have a a lot of people that tune into the show, uh, let's, let's go a little bit further into sort of like the general astrology for the rest of the year and maybe 2020. And we don't have to be very specific, but I guess, you know, you think that we're, we're we're not out of the woods yet. In fact, we have quite a, a bit longer to sort of like endure and deal with this. So like, what is everybody's like general horoscope? And like, how do you see the forest through the trees? Where is your silver lining? What can we get out of this moment in from your perspective? That's a great question. And you know, it's a tricky one because when we talk about everyone, it's like, who is everyone, right? I think that there's a way that we need to really consider that, you know, many people are still in the world and working and mm-hmm. not in a way that is valued by society because they're not getting paid and they're not in safe working conditions, right? So I, I want to just acknowledge that like there's there's not really an everyone because mm-hmm. we're all living, we're all on the same ship, but on completely different floors of the ship or in different conditions on the ship, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's a really important point of this. Now, when you ask me about the astrology of 2020, <laughs> uh, it's not chill, uh, TVH. Um, uh, again, trying to keep it constructive, I'll say some major themes for 2020. One is propaganda and news mm-hmm. and the perpetration of, of propaganda. And we are in a state where we need to, and this is not just us in the US, it's globally, take greater responsibility for the information we're getting and where we're getting it from. Mm-hmm. There's more and more propaganda now than there ever has been because now everyone has these phone computers, yeah, computer computers, and any old weirdo can create any amount of content and make it seem real. Like I, I won't point fingers at specific things, but I feel tempted to. There's a lot, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I think it's a really good point of practice to be informed, especially I think for women, because we are the majority and we get voted out of a lot of power because we don't participate in the system. And I do yeah. think the more that women take responsibility for our agency, the more we vote or run for office. Um, yeah. And I'm encouraging your listeners to run for office, cool. get in there, get involved, you know, mm-hmm. be the future shaper because uh, you know, I can never do that because I don't mean to surprise you, but not a lot of people are going to vote for a psychic medium. Uh, but <laughs> But, you know, if if you're not a a public psychic medium, then maybe you can get out there and and run. Um, But I think that this is a time for us to really think about this is a pause. The whole world is on a pause. So this is a time where we can reshape our relationship to society, our participation in society, and how it serves who it serves, right? And I think that, you know, some of that's about news and information, Some of that's about looking at what we value. Now, one of the things that's going on in 2020, it was happening last year, it will continue for another little while, is the transit of Uranus through the sign of Taurus. And this transit, the last time we had it was actually during World War II. Mm. And a big, yeah, which is 
a whole, I'm going to breeze past that upsetting piece of information. Sure. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I will say that within this transit, we see uh, a shifting role of women. We see, and of gender queer people in, in modern society, we mm -hmm. see change in currency and in the economy. And we see underlying all of that, a shifting of values in society, who has value, how we take care of each other. You know, the UN was created as a response to World War II, right? And there's a lot of power in that. So in regards to what that means for our personal lives, looking at our values, looking at how you express your value, how you experience your value. And, you know, I'm assuming you have a lot of female listeners. And a lot of this has to do with something that I'm really actually excited about, about the shelter in place, is that so many of the things that so many women do to make ourselves feel pretty and okay, we are bereft of those things. We have to like, you know, we can't go and have other people take care of the way we look. We have to actually look in the mirror and be left to our own damn devices. I had the most glorious head of extensions. <laughs> My hair was long. It was thick. It was fabulous. And, you know, a month into shelter in place with tears in my eyes, I had to, I spent six hours pulling those things out. Oh my and God. I know. And I haven't had this, this little mop of curls for, it's been a couple of years. Um, so, you know, it's like, we have to look in the mirror at how we create value in ourselves and yeah. how we, what we do to make ourselves feel good enough and make changes. And that is, is hard, but so valuable. And in particular on May 13th through June 25th, v, the planet Venus is retrograde which is an excellent time for really reshifting your relationship to how you look and your value and how much of your value you find netted in looking a particular way. And forgive me as I'm going to go on about this for another moment, which is, you know, so many people do not have the access to have a gym in their homes mm -hmm. and we are eating more and differently and moving less. Right. Yeah. And so many of us are gaining weight we are having to confront eating disorder issues or disordered eating issues. Mm -hmm. And that's really wonderful because the idea that women should be small, I hate that idea. Let's be mm. big. Now I'm not saying let's walk around gaining weight or losing weight. It's not about that. It's about, we need to really look at how much we allow our weight, our body weight to control our value and to control our thoughts and to waste our damn time. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I think do. this is a valuable time for really confronting all of that stuff because it can save us a lot of energy wasted on things that ultimately don't matter and don't stick around. I, again, I can say as somebody who's 45, you know, TikTok, ladies, like we got to develop our insides, not just our <laughs> outsides, right? Because it, yeah. it, it's eventually someone's going to call you auntie. And then not long after that, they're going to call you grandma, you know, and you might as well be like a full person by the time that that stuff happens. So back to the astrology, there's a bunch of eclipses mm -hmm. and on a public and social and political level, I won't get into it because it's a little upsetting. Um, <laughs> on a personal level, on a personal level, it's it's kind of what you would expect to be happening through COVID nineteen. It's mm -hmm. a redefinition of the relationship to home and family, yeah, and place, and a redefinition of your response, your sense of responsibility to those things, or your sense of responsibility from others. And then finally, there's going to be some, some major other things at the end of the year, which again, to try to keep it personal instead of political and social, uh, it's an opportunity for us to look at our relationship to boundaries and our relationship to structure in our lives. 
you know, uh, mm-hmm. taking responsibility for what we do and how we do it. So like if I make it more tangible in the here and now, if you're doing shelter in place from home and you're not like me and used to working from home, you might need to move around furniture. You might need to get intentional around how you navigate the space in your home. You know, an example of that might be get a candle. And if you're working from your kitchen table, all of a sudden, Mm-hmm. light a candle every time you sit down to work at your kitchen table. And then if it's lunchtime, blow out the candle and eat at the kitchen table and then relight the candle. You know, it's about setting different intentions and reach and shifting our space to make sure that it matches our needs as our needs evolve. That right there can be incredibly powerful. And it's not just about, you know, working from home in your kitchen table. It's also about being responsive to change and being willing to pivot in the face of the need to pivot. And that's mm-hmm. something that most of us have a really hard time with. And especially if you don't have a lot of like class privilege and a lot of like space in which to do it. Yeah. And so all of these things to me feel really pressing. And, and uh, the more that we kind of empower ourselves to be the agent of change in our lives, mm-hmm. the easier it is to bear. Yeah, I think that's that's helpful. Um, what's interesting is that, you know, by and large, a, a huge number of us have been forced into these new circumstances, uh, right? And so we have uh, had to learn or are still learning how to deal with the new ways we are approaching our life on a day-to-day basis. And I think at the beginning, it felt really scary and really overwhelming and really uncomfortable. But from my personal experience, and I mean, every humans on this earth is like, you get better at dealing with bad experiences because you build that muscle, right? Just like we were talking about. And so I think that's interesting. Well, Jessica, you're so cool. (laughs) You're so cool. I'm so excited we got to hang out again. (laughs) Me too. And I do want to do my birth chart, but not today. We'll do it on another time because we do not need to bore all of these people with my personal business. (laughs) Or entertain them with your personal business. Or entertain them with my personal business. But we will chat again separately on it. I love that. I would love um, that. Yeah. But this has been so wonderful. So where can our listeners find you, listen to you, all of that good stuff? Okay. Uh thank you. I've had so much fun. Uh okay. So you can listen to my twice weekly podcast, Ghost of a Podcast, anywhere that podcasts are heard. And on Sundays, I drop an episode where I give um, a listener a free reading. So I just like, you know, pick a listener's question and I answer a question in the first half of the episode. In the second half, I often will go on a political rant or a social oriented rant and then give you the horoscope for the week ahead. Um, Mm. On Wednesdays, I drop an episode I call, uh, they're kind of like hot takes on astrology. So they're kind of ways of learning about astrology. And uh, that's kind of fun. And I just started dropping those midweek episodes during shelter in place as a way to kind of like give people more, you know? So, so that happens. You can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram at Jessica Lignato. I know it's impossible to spell my last name. So I'm assuming it'll be in the show notes or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, So yeah. So I'm at Jessica Lignato on Instagram and Twitter and also Facebook, but I'm actually kind of transitioning out of Facebook. So find me on Instagram or Twitter and uh, where else? I don't know. I have a book. You can get the book astrology for real relationships anywhere that books are sold, I think. And I have a free app for iOS called Tiny Spark. It's super cute. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but toot toot. It is very cute. Uh, And it's basically just like a magic eight ball for millennials. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's got answers like, 
move the fuck on. Uh, you know, like it's it's just very it's a very me, very direct uh, kind of uh, app. But yeah, it's free for for iOS and it's called Tiny Sparks. So you can download that. That's all. Those are all the things I think. I love that. Yeah. Oh, and well, I have a weekly horoscope. People should oh. also look for that for free. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, it seems like you create quite a bit of content for people to consume. So I think that this is really exciting and hopefully you get 1 million thousand new listeners. 1 million Um, thousand. Exactly. Thank you so (laughs) much for your time. This was really fun. I learned a lot and I think everybody who's listening will probably learn a lot also. Thank you so much. This was really fun and uh, I, I hope we do it again. Thank you. 